0: بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يهده الله فهو المهتد وما يضل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Allahumma alimna mayan fauna, one fauna bima al lamtana, wazidna ilman ya kareem. Allahumma jal hada al ilm hujatan lana la alayna ya Rabbal alameen. Alright, inshaAllah bidna la we are continuing with Kitabu Tawheed, ala di huwa haqqullahi ala al abid. Babun ma jaaf is sihr. What has been mentioned regarding sorcery? What has been mentioned regarding a sihr? And the translation of a sihr is magic and sorcery. First, inshallah, we'll just refer to it as sihr. First of all, what is the relevance of the chapter to the book? You know, the chapter explains. You know what has been mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah of the warnings, the severe warnings of those who practice sihr because those who practice sihr they cannot achieve what they want from the sihr except if they seek assistance in the shayateen and the shayateen do not give them their assistance unless this sahir worships them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so it is to show that sihr is a form of major shirk For if you didn't know that sihr was from a shirk maybe you would go to a sahir and seek assistance from them for now that you know that sihr is a form of shirk, of major shirk, then you know to avoid this and that this is one of the mubiqat, as we'll come to say, one of the destructive sins. But this is why the author included it in this chapter to show that it is a form of shirk, a form of major shirk. And then he said, yeah. ما جاء يعني ما ما What has been mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah of the severe warnings and of the severe consequences of those who practice shirk وَالْعِيَادُ بِاللَّهِ ما جاء في السحر Regarding al-sihr or sorcery and magic and linguistically they say something which comes about but its cause you know, the way that it came about is subtle or hidden it is not known how this thing came about and this is why they called the last part of the night they called it as because the actions which occur in the, that last part of the night are hidden no one knows about them and similarly as suhur. A suhoor was called a suhoor because you eat it in the time of a sahar and because when you are eating, it is done behind closed doors; it is hidden. No one sees you eating. Whereas, if you go out onto the street, people can see you eating. This is the linguistic meaning of it. As for the Sharia, every time we give it linguistic definition, then it has an extension in, in the Sharia. They said that there is two categories. The first one is what they call incantations—an incantation or a chant, or a talisman, or a charm, or a knot that the sawahir use, that the sorcerer uses or that the magician uses. And they use this to reach the shayateen so that the shaytan can help them. So that as a result of using this talisman or charm or whatever it may be, then they can affect the person who is mas'hur, who this sihr is being directed at. And as the ulama said, this type of sihr, it doesn't come out of nowhere. There always has to be an athar there has to be a physical object that you can trace it back to it doesn't just occur like this there always is a physical object مثلا, sometimes they use the hair or the bone or, or the knot or آخره, yes? these are just all means towards this sihr they are all means towards this sihr and something very important that we have to understand is that the sihr when it occurs it doesn't go outside of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed so when it occurs then what? then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that this sihr will occur with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give permission, then the shayateen can never perform sihr on anyone at all. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would be touched by sihr. And who did it come from? It came from al Yahud wal billah. And as we'll come to say that this was the da'ab, this was the way of the Yahud that they would learn That they would learn the sihr and they preferred this over the sharia that came to them from their prophets. So this is the first form. This first form is major shirk. It removes a person from the fold of Islam. Because like we said before, you cannot obtain this form of sihr without seeking assistance in in the shayateen and the shayateen they do not give you their help يعne, out of the goodness of their heart what do the shayateen want bani adam to always do they want them to fall into shirk this is their objective they say if you fall into shirk, then we will then we will help you and we will assist you and then the second category the one that involves potions and drugs and medications يعne, which the sorcerer uses to affect the one whom the sorcery or the magic is being directed at first subhanallah it changes their mind and it changes their inclinations Hatta subhanAllah, they say a man loves a woman that he was, that is not his wife, that he would not even imagine loving before. Or it separates between a husband and wife who were very close. For this one, the effect of it is not in the assistance of the shayateen. The effect of it is in these potions and things that they mix. For they said that this one is not from a shirk al-akbar, but this is from, from al-kaba'ir, from the major sins. It is from the kaba'ir, because it alters the state of the mind. And when we say alter the state of the mind, it's not like drugs, but their effect is what? It's temporary, it lasts for a day or two, and then the effect of it goes. But the effect of this sihr is what is more permanent, not yani, permanent, completely permanent, but it, is, it goes on for a prolonged period of time. And then the mas'ala, yani, should the sahir be killed? Yani, if their sihr was from the first category, then they have committed what? They have committed shirk and they are kufar and they are killed what? Riddatan. They are killed Riddatan. That means they have apostated from? From Islam. The scholars they differed. They had a difference of opinion. For example, we catch this sahir and we know that he is performing this form of, of sihr which, which constitutes major shirk. Should we give him a chance to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or should we not give him a chance to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the scholars differed in this regard. And Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen he said that he should be given a chance to repent and if he sincerely repents and goes away from his sihr, then he should be left alone and he should not be killed. But other ulama said no, straight away, he should, as soon as they catch him, and it is established that they are doing the sihr, then they should they should kill him straight away. And then the second one, if their sihr was from the second category, then their matter is returned to the Imam, the one in authority, who has the, the authority to implement the hudud. The hudud the are the, the punishments which involve killing. He is not killed riddatan, he is killed يعني, to stop their fasad in the ard, because their fasad is great. Their said their corruption on the earth as a result of this sihr is great. And some of the ulama, they said, both of these qizms are major shirk. There's no one which is major shirk and one which is a major sin. All of them are major shirk. And anyone who is caught doing this should be killed regardless. As the ulama said on the commentary of Kitab al-Tawheed, they say that the evidences which the sheikh gives it supports this opinion. That there is no difference between these two categories of sihr and that they are all the same and they all constitute major shirk. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنِ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ And indeed they knew that the buyers of it magic would have no share in the hereafter. In Surah Al-Baqarah, this is the last part of a very long ayah which talks about al-Sihr. So we we'll quickly read the ayah, inshaAllah. مَا الشَّيَاطِينُ عَلَىٰ مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ ولكن الشياطين كفروا. يعلمون الناس السحر وما أنزل على الملكين بباب لهاروت وماروت وما يعلمان من أحد حتى يقولا إنما نحن فتنة فلا تكفر فيتعلمون منهما ما يفرقون به بين المرء وزوجه وما هم بضارين به من أحد إلا بإذن الله ويتعلمون ما يضرهم ولا ينفعهم وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنِ اشْتَرَاهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ مَا بِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ And they followed, yani they talking about the Yahood, and they followed instead what the shayateen had recited during the reign of alayhi salam. It was not Suleyman who disbelieved, but the devils disbelieved. They would teach the people magic and that which was revealed to the two angels at Babylon, Harut and Marut. But they, i.e. the two angels, do not teach anyone, yani anyone the sihr, unless they say, we are a trial, so do not disbelieve by practicing magic. And yet they learn from them, that by which they cause separation between a man and his wife. But they do not harm anyone through it, except by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the important thing to understand. But they do not harm anyone through it except by the permission of Allah. And they, i.e. the people, learn what harms them and does not benefit them. But they, the Yahud, certainly knew that whoever purchased it, i.e. magic, would not have in the hereafter any share. And wretched is that for which they sold themselves. And they sold their Akhirah with what? With a sihr wal Billah. If they only knew. For so this is the context of the whole ayah. And the sheikh just included the last bit. laqad لَمَنِشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقُ وَلَقَدْ They knew. And yani they're referring to the Yahud who learned the magic from the Shayateen and from the two angels who were sent as a test. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the Haqq and he gave them the Kutub which came down from the Anbiya. He gave them the Sirat al-Mustaqim yet they preferred the magic. They preferred to learn the magic. اشتراه, that whatever they purchased from the magic. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the term Purchased, why? Because subhanallah, their desire for magic and for learning magic is the same desire the person has when they want to buy something that they need. For they had this same love of a sihr that the person has for buying something. That The thing that they learned, the sorcery that they learned and the black magic that they learned, It has no khalaq. And Al-Khalaq is Al-Nasib. They have no share, no share in the reward يوم القيامة. So this share is completely removed if the type of shirk that they implemented was the one where they sought assistance in the shayateen. In this case, absolutely no share. يعني في النار No share, no good deeds at all. All their deeds have been destroyed because they committed major shirk. But if it is from the major sins, then the share is greatly reduced. They are eligible to enter the hellfire. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have, have mercy on them. And then the general meaning of the ayah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly states that the Jews who prefer practicing sorcery to following the messengers and believing in Allah know well that whoever does so will have no share in the hereafter. And then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter. Why did the Sheikh rahimahullah put this ayah in the chapter? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denies, he says that this person is not going to have any reward in the akhirah. That means this thing is prohibited. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْجِبْتِ وَالطَّاغُوتِ They believe in al Jibt and Al-Taghut. Umar رضي الله عنه is reported to have said that al Jibt is magic, while Al-Taghut is a shaytan Jabir رضي الله عنه is reported to have said that Al-Taghut are suitsayers upon whom the devil alights and every tribe has one. We took this ayah in the previous chapter. We said this was... From the characteristics of the Yehud. Alam Tara ila al-Ladina ootu nasiban mina al-Kitabi. Yuminuna biljibti wal-tagut. Wayakuluna liljadina kafaru. Ha'ulai ahda mina al-Ladina amanu sabila. In Surah Al-Nisa. Yuminuna, يعني the Yehud, yuminuna biljibti wal They believe in Aljibt. For al-jibt, we said last time that it is a word which can refer to many things. It can refer to idols, and it can refer to sorcerers and magicians, and it can refer to soothsayers, al quhan the ones who predict the, the ghayb, the unseen. For this word al-jibit is a term which can refer to all of these. And this is what the tafsir of Umar radiyallahu anhu is. Umar radiyallahu anhu is reported to have said that al-jibt is magic or sorcery. For Umar is giving an interpretation which provides one of its meanings. He's not saying specifically that al jibt is only Sihr. For he's giving it an interpretation is just one of its interpretations. taghut And we said that Al-Tagut, يعne, everything which يعne, transgresses the limits. And we said that the Shaytan is the greatest of all, all the Tawaghit. Because the Shaytan calls to his worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's happy. He is happy for the person to worship him besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, this is what Umar radiallahu anhu, he said. What did he say? Al-Taghut is the shaytan. An example of Taghut is the shaytan. Jabir radiallahu anhu is reported to have said that Al-Taghut are says upon whom the devils alight, and every tribe has one. For this explanation of Jabir radiallahu anhu is giving another example of Taghut. For Umar radiallahu anhu, he said that uh, Al-Taghut was a shaytan. And now Jabir is saying Ta'ghut is a soothsayer. For this is a type of Ta'ghut. For the soothsayer calls towards the shirk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by predicting al ghayb and saying that he knows the knowledge of the unseen and seeking assistance in the shayateen in attaining the unseen. This is a form of Ta'ghut. And he went into a little bit more detail. He said, Ta'ghut are soothsayers upon whom the devils alight and every tribe has one. الشيطان, whom the Shaitan alights. And it is not specifically referring to Iblis himself, but it's referring to the troops of Iblis. And each tribe of the Arabs, yes, And each tribe had a soothsayer who would seek assistance in the shaytan who would be allocated to them. And this was from the ways of Al Jahiliyyah, that whenever they had a dispute in a matter, they would go to the soothsayer to judge between them. Because they claimed that the soothsayer he knew the rayb. And all the soothsayer was doing was seeking assistance in the shayati. And then the general meaning of the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states that the Jews believed in Egypt, which includes sorcery, and they preferred Egypt and at taghut over what their messengers came to them with. And then the relevance of the ayah to the chapter, that the Jews believe in Egypt, which includes sorcery and magic. And in the previous ayah, we understood that what? That whoever practices Egypt and whoever practices sorcery and whoever practices magic, ماله في الآخرة من خلاق. They have no share of good reward in the This goes to show that magic is one of the major sins which removes a person outside the fold of Islam. وَعَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ اجْتَنِبُوا السَّبْعَ الْمُبِقَاتِ قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَمَا هُنَّ قَالَ أَشْرَكُ بِاللَّهِ والسحر وقتل النفس التي حرم الله الا بالحق واكل الربا واكل مال اليتيم والتولي يوم الزحف وقذف المحصنات الغافلات المؤمنات that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said save yourself from the seven destroyers the companions radi allahu anhum asked a messenger of allah what are those he sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to associate anything with allah sorcery or magic Without any just cause, killing a life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden, taking interest or usury, usurping the wealth of orphans, turning back from the battlefield, and making a false charge, accusation against the chaste but unmindful woman. Muttafaqun alayhi al Bukhari wa muslim. So, this hadith is a great hadith, subhanallah, one of the great hadith of the Prophet. He said, Ijtanibu, sab al mubiqat. Ijtanibu means what? That means put yourself on one side. And these sins on another side. So that between you there is a big gap. And he didn't say utruku. He didn't say leave. Because sometimes you may leave something and it is still very close to you. For when you say ijtanibu, that means put yourself on this side and put these sins on another side and make sure there is a big gap in between you. That means don't even get close to them. saba al mubiqat. Al-Mubiqat, Al-Muhlikat, the destructive sins. They are called Al-Mubiqat, the destructive sins, because they destroy a person. They destroy a person in this world, and in the hereafter they destroy them as well. And as the shurah said, يعني, these sins which destroy a person are not just restricted to these seven, for there are other Mubiqat as well. But the Prophet ﷺ, he did not include them in the hadith, because he wanted to show that these seven, they are the most destructive of the of the destructive sins. And some of these sins that the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions, some of them remove a person from the fold of Islam, and some of them are considered as as major sins. They do not remove a person from the fold of Islam, but the person, they are under the mashia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment with these sins, they are under the mashia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may choose to forgive you and He may choose to punish you. You are under the mashia of Allah. Saba al Mubiqat This is from the Adab of the Sahaba. They returned the alim back to the Prophet. He said to associate partners with Allah by taking up false deities besides him. And calling to these deities and imploring these deities and getting close to these deities and glorifying these false deities, whatever these deities may be. Whether they are humans or animals or rocks or stones or trees, whatever they may be. Besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was Sihr sorcery and magic both types of Sihr and in the case of the first type then why did he mention Shirk and Sihr is Shirk for it's like mentioning something which is specific after something which is general which outlines and highlights this thing for this is showing that this is one of the greatest forms of Shirk and to kill a nafs which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forbidden that it be killed بالحق, except a killing which is just and which is fair, such as killing and stoning the married fornicator, the zanid, who is married. This is their had, that they are stoned to death, or a life for a life, a nafsu bin nafs, al-qisas, killing a nafs, which has killed another nafs. This is, bilhaq, or, qatlur ridda, the one who has apostated from the deen of Islam. Their killing is, bilhaq, is rightful, wa al riba, consuming a riba, all possible means of consuming the interest-based transactions. Yes, riba al-nasiya wa riba al-fadl wa bay'u al All of these are forms of riba, whatever it may be, if it is a little bit or a great amount. Wa aqlu al and to consume the wealth of the orphan. And the yatim is the one whose father has died, whether they are a girl or a boy, and they are under the age of maturity because the father is the breadwinner and the one who supports the family. And as Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said regarding the punishment of those who consume the, the wealth of the yatim, he said innal ladheena ya'kuluna amwal al-yatama dhulman inma ya'kuluna fi butoonihim nara those who consume the wealth of the orphans dhulman, oppressing them, inma ya'kuluna fi butoonihim nara, they will consume fire in their bellies, yawm al-qiyamah, Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defended the orphan, because there is no one to defend the orphan. People will take advantage of this, this poor For when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected them, He classified the consumption of their wealth from, al-mubiqat, al-muhlikat, wal-tawalli, al-zaf, fleeing from the battlefield, when the armies meet one another, and from the meanings of zahaf, yawm al To the day of al-zaf. And a zahaf in the Arabic language, it can mean crawl or to advance very slowly. Because sometimes this is how the armies, they approach one another. When the armies are facing off and they're about to do battle... They advance slowly, each one eyeing out the other one, making sure that they're not going to do something tricky or that's going to deceive them and which they will be defeated as a result of. And SubhanAllah as the Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, he said, it is a major sin because it is to flee from al-Jihad and it breaks the morale of the mujahideen, of the believers and it resolves, and gives you, and it strengthens the resolves of the kuffar and they see that the Muslimin are, are running away from the battlefield. But this is why it is from from the Noob. And there are certain exceptions, manoeuvring away as a strategy, yani they go away as a form of strategy. They want to outflank the enemy and they go away from the main body of the army. This is not considered as fleeing away or joining another company. there's there's two parts of the army and they want to go and join another part of the army as a result of strengthening the other company which requires support. This is not considered as running away. Or if the army of the kuffar is twice the number of the Muslim army, yani half or more than half. For if, مثلا, there's a hundred fighting muslimin, and then the army of the kuffar is 200, or it is 300, or it is 400, then they are allowed to, not flee, but they're allowed to go and retreat from from the fighting. And all of this is in Surah Al-Anfal, in Ayah 16 and Ayah 66. And to accuse the innocent and the chaste and believing women of adultery. نسأل الله السلام والعافية He says here, wa to cast them with an accusation of a zina بالله al billah. Al-muhsanat. Al-muhsanat are the chaste women who doesn't come across their mind that they would ever commit zina wa بالله billah. As in the story of Aisha radiallahu anha. Aisha رضي الله عنها was muhsanat. She was the wife of, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi عليه وسلم Would anyone think that she would commit zina? Al-ghafilat. They are unaware. They are unaware of, of zina, for they are essentially innocent. Al mu'minat they are the believing, chaste and innocent women. And whoever accuses them of zina without coming with four witnesses, they are lashed 80 times and their shahada is not accepted at all after that. For If they were to give testimony, their testimony is not accepted. This is the punishment of the one who accuses the chaste women of his zina. For these are the al Mubiqat that the Prophet sallam he outlined, and then the general meaning of the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi commands his ummah not to approach seven deadly and destructive sins. Upon being inquired about them, the Prophet sallallahu mentioned shirk first, because it is the biggest and gravest of all sins. The second sin he mentioned was sorcery, then killing the soul which Allah has forbidden to be killed except for a legally valid reason. The fourth and fifth sins are devouring usury or riba by any means and devouring the wealth of the orphan. Fleeing from the battlefield at the time of fighting and accusing the innocent, chaste, believing women of adultery are the six and seven sins highlighted in this hadith. The relevance of the hadith, chapter, is straightforward. For The Prophet ﷺ recalled a sihr from al-mubiqat, from the destructive sins. Depending on the type of sihr, it will destroy a person completely in the hereafter. Or it will destroy them partially. فعلى كل it is a حد الساحري ضربه بالسيف. رواه الترمذي وقال الصحيح أنه موقوف. The jundab narrated the following Marfu hadith which a Tirmidhi reported: حد الساحري ضربه بالسيف. The punishment for the sorcerers, magicians, is that he be struck with the sword. Yani executed. Just the takhrij of this hadith. He says here that this hadith is a marfu hadith. Arrafa is to elevate. So marfu means that it is elevated all the way to to the Prophet ﷺ. Rawahu al-Tirmidhi al-Sahih anahu mawquf He said that the correct classification of this hadith is that it is mawquf mawquf ala al-Sahabi. That means this is the words of, not the Prophet وسلم, this is the words of whom? Of Jundub radiyallahu anhu. Haddu al-Sahir. Hadd. From the Hudud, Haddu al-Sahir, that means his punishment, according to the Sharia, Darbuhu bis-safe, that means he is struck with the sword, meaning that he should be killed. And in one narration, it's Darbatun bis-safe. There's Darbuhu bis-safe and Darbatun bis-safe. So the narration here it says, Darbuhu bis-safe, is that he is struck with the sword. And the other narration says, Darbatun bis-safe, is a striking of the sword. And then the general meaning of the hadith, although it is that the hadith shows that the prescribed punishment for the sorcerer is that they be killed. And the relevance of the hadith, a person is not killed in the sharia of Islam, which is subhanAllah based on on the rahmah and, and the maslaha of the people. So when someone is killed, it's not for something small that they did. What they did to deserve this great punishment, to be hit with the sword and their head to be chopped off with the sword, it indicates that this is something greatly prohibited. وفي الصحيح البخاري عن بجال بن عبد قال كتب عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه أن اقتلوا كل ساحر وساحرة قال فقتلنا ثلاث سواحر وصح عن حفصة رضي الله عنها أنها أمرت بقتل جارية, جارية لها سحرتها فقتلت وكذلك صح عن جندب قال أحمد عن ثلاثة من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فإن صحيح البخاري بجال بن عبد رضي الله عنه that Umar ibn Al Khattab radiyallahu anhu he wrote execute every sorcerer or sorceress so bajala continued we executed three sorcerers Hafsa radiyallahu anha the daughter of Umar radiyallahu anhu is reported to have ordered an execution of a slave woman who practiced magic sorcery on her and she was executed such an event has also been reported through Jundub radiyallahu anhu according to Imam Ahmad rahimahullah execution of sorcerers magicians is testified by three companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Umar, Hafsa, and Jundub. Jundum. Umar radiyallahu anhu, he wrote, اقتلوا كل ساحر و Every sorcerer and sorceress. Yani, there's no distinction between the gender. And as the ulama said, yani, the sorcerer and the magic is prevalent in the women and in the ladies. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Falaq, وَمِنْ شَرِّ النَّفَّاثَاتِ فِي الْعُقَدِ Nafathat is feminine. But the women, they the ones that tie the knots for a It is predominant in the women. And then he narrates the story of Hafsa, how she killed one of her slave women who practiced magic and sorcery on her. And as Imam Ahmad, he said that this was established and testified عَنْ ثَلَاثَةٍ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِي By three companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and Umar radiyallahu anhu his narration is found in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sunan Abi Dawud, and Hafsa radiyallahu anha her narration is found in Sunan al-Bayhaqi and Jundub radiyallahu anhu his narration is found in Al-Tariq al-Kabir which was written by Al-Imam al-Bukhari himself this is another book of Al-Imam al-Bukhari but in Al-Tariq al-Kabir we have to look whether this narration is Sahih or not for all of these narrations are authentic and the fact that three of the Sahaba one of them being from Al-Khulafa'a rashidun where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, That means you follow my sunnah and you follow the sunnah of, of the Khulafa al rashidin So the fact that Umar radiallahu anhu, he wrote, Then this is part of the sharia which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ordered us to follow. And the fact that this punishment was implemented by three of the Sahaba, by Umar radiallahu anhu, and by Hafsa, and by Jundub, and none of the other Sahaba, what? None of the other Sahaba objected to what they did. For if they were upon wrong, then one of the Sahaba would have objected. Because this Ummah, that this Ummah will never unite upon something which is wrong or they will never unite upon upon a misguidance. And then the general meaning of the Hadith and the Athar, that the Hadith and the Athar, they show that the prescribed punishment for the sorcerer and sorceress is that they be killed. And as we mentioned before, yani if they're killed, if their sihr is major shirk, yana, their qatl is, is qatluridda, because they have apostated from Islam. And if their, if their sihr is a major sin, then they are killed, haddan. They meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having atoned for this masya. Yes, but the ridda, they are killed, riddatan. They meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with kufr. So this is the difference between qatluridda and qatluhad. And like we said, some of the ulama, they said, all sihr is qatluridda. That means all of them are outside the fold of Islam and as the Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen he said regardless they should be killed because their evil is great they cause sickness they cause death they cause separation they make sihr on people like we mentioned before to take advantage of them and even as Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen he mentioned مثلا, they make sihr on, on a lady so that they are attracted to them and then he commits al-fahisha with her he commits uh, zina and he rapes her so this is why their is great. Their shahr is great because they transgress the rights of other people. And yani the relevance of the hadith and the athar to the chapter, like we said before, yani killing in Islam is not prescribed except for something which is which is specifically forbidden, which is haram. And this hurma could be that it takes a person outside the fold of Islam, or it could be a major sin. Important issues of the chapter, explanation of the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah. وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنْ اشْتَرَاهُ مَالَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقٍ that the one who learns and implements a sihr, that the Yahud knew that the person who does this, مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَق', That they have no share of reward in in the hereafter. And as some of the Mufassirun said, مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَق', It means they have absolutely no share. That means they come Yom Al-Qiyamah and they are upon upon major shirk. And some of the ulama said, مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَق', According to the two categories of sihr, if it was a major sin, they don't have a full share. Explanation of the verse in Surat al-Nisa: "Yuminuna bil-Jibt And as Umar رضي الله عنه he said, "Al-Jibt is is a sahir." Meaning of al-Jibt and al taghut and the difference between the two. Al-Jibt is a sahir. I will kahin. I will sonam. It can be the the sorcerer or it could be the soothsayer or it could be an idol. So one of its definition is that it is a sahir. the the magician or the sorcerer. And a ta'huot everything which is worshipped besides Allah and they are pleased with it. And from al-tawut is the shaitan. And from the ta'gut is the soothsayer. Yes, so there's a difference between the two. As per the interpretations of Umar radiallahu and Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu. could be among jinns and humans. And as per the interpretation of Umar and Jabir radiallahu. What did Omar say? He said, At is a shaitan. Shaitan is from ins or from jinn? From al-jinn. صح? And what did Jabir radiyallahu anhu he said? Al-Taghut. He said they are al-Kuhan. They are the soothsayers. The soothsayers are from ins or jinn? They are from al-ins. The so they can be from al-ins or from al-jinn. Details of the seven grave destroyers which are strictly forbidden. As per the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu. And where he mentioned al sihr, And he mentioned it right after the first one. And yani it was the second one that was mentioned. He said al-Shirk billah. And then he said was sihr. Sorcerers or magicians are disbelievers, are kuffar. And this one goes back to the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah. Yani if you read the whole ayah, this is where he extracted this from. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا the مِنْ They didn't teach the people the sihr before they told them what? And yani يُعَلِّمَانِ They didn't teach anyone. Until they tell them what, fitna we are a fitna, so do not so do not disbelieve. ma fala takfur. Fala takfur that means if you believe in us then what's gonna happen? Then you are going to disbelieve in in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this one just go back to the ayah in Surah Al Baqarah one hundred two, ayah number one hundred and two and read from the beginning. That the sorcerers' magicians should be executed and no repentance is accepted. And as we said, this is a difference of opinion amongst the scholars and the sheikh is of the opinion that they do not have any tawbah, that they do not have any tawbah and that they are killed straight away. So we're talking about here the Hakim, they capture them. Do they have a right for a tawbah or do they not have a right for a tawbah? And some of them said, no, straight away we kill them because their evil is great and their corruption is great on the earth, straight away we kill them. And some of them said, like every murtad, anyone who apostates from the deen of Islam, Yani all of them mustatab, even the one who commits, مثلا, and he says something which removes them outside the fold of Islam, they are given a chance to repent and to return back to the fold of Islam. They said this is no different. And some scholars, they tried to join between the two. They said, we kill them regardless, and if they make a, a repentance, this is between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they should be killed. They should be killed regardless, because from their nature... Is that they are evil and they subhanallah they may claim to have repented and they are lying and subhanallah they should not be believed and subhanallah يعne, as some of the ulama said يعne, the, the actions of the sahaba, يعne, the actions of Umar and the actions of Hafsa and the actions of Jundub is that they did not hesitate to kill the sahara if they called them to a tawbah, they invited them to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it would have been recorded and it would have been narrated to us. Wallahu ta'ala. Ala. Ta'ala. Sorcerers were found amongst the Muslims during the period of Umar anhu. so how about thereafter if Umar anhu, he said kulla wa what does this mean it means that the, that the sorcerers were they were there in the time of of Umar anhu. and this is Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin he said how can, it, how can it not be so when the further the people are away from the time of the Prophet وسلم, the more misguidance and ignorance there is Subhanakallahu ve bihamdika. Eşhedü en la ilahe illa